Shut up and sit down. Welcome to another episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast, the show about comic book movies, sports from every angle in a community of nerds discussing non-fiction related to non-fiction. I am your comic book cultured host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro, James Keller Hotzma, and the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson, and another Anderson. It's his wife. Hello. Hello. <laughs> For this episode, I mostly am here because I have a uterus and I have an opinion. So, I'm the opinionated uterus. Hey! Very excited. Uh, oh, we'll oh it. it's me. I'm blue text. No, wait. Hold on. Ben, don't you have a uterus? Not anymore. Oh, that's right. Okay, continue on. Not since my balls dropped. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Not Which since you've seen Spider-Man 2? Yes. <laughs> it's a callback. Not since I saw Kirsten Dunst's nipples but didn't realize it at there the time. There you go. That's right. <laughs> Took me years to realize that's what they were. Anyway, <laughs> SMSB is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week, we continue our favorite we continue our favorite journey exploring a subject: superhero movies. <laughs> every every different fan sees the movies, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the movie differently. Whether it's money, comic books, music, science, or sweet lasso moves, bro, SMSP talks about it all in this week's episode. Yep, that's not gonna work. Put, please put the sword down, Diana. Diana. Let me try it by myself. After you, sir. <laughs> Etta. Like why don't I meet you back at the office, and meanwhile I'll take this for safekeeping? Oh no, I don't think so. You gotta put the sword down, Diana, please. It doesn't go with the outfit. At all. Put the sword down, first of all. <gasps> Promise me you will protect it with your life. <laughs> yes. No. You can trust her. Just hand that over. Shield. Just hand the shield oh, to there her. We go. Whoa. You got it. Thanks, Edna. This is easy. Wonder Woman. And yes, there will be spoilers. <laughs> I, I dipped into immigrant song there. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I didn't hear you while I was twirling. Actually, into my costume. the the iconic vocal line of uh, the immigrant song no, is not. a six to a diminished six, <laughs> whereas the Wonder Woman theme goes from a five to an augmented fifth. Oh wow, music humor! About three people are going to get that. Okay, uh, so it's very uh, different. Two of those people are in this chat. Uh, so let's go with. Um, oh my! Still <gasps> bleeding. First, I thought I wasn't bleeding anymore, so I took my bandaid off. That's okay. okay. Just keep making that horrible, horrible peaking sound on the table. It's I great, though. I could clean up my blood stains. Does it have to be no? Uh, yeah, it should. Jesus Christ. All right, first opinions. Let's start with Skylar. Wonder Woman is, in my opinion, one of the most hopeful movies I have seen recently. Not just, you know, in its... uh portrayal of optimism and you know changing the world with love but also giving hope that oh my god dc movies may have a future oh my goodness it's strengths are just that it's a really good character piece it has some 
bonkers action scenes that are super fun. It brings a little more levity. And it's just one of those really solid uh, origin character-based stories that I feel like set this universe on a little more of a uh, a steady track. Only complaints really are it's, it slows down right around into the third act and the villain reveal is kind of ho-hum and leads into a big giant CGI battle, which we all just kind of knew was coming anyway. Um, Popcorn Austin. Ah, I really love this movie. Um, it was so good. I definitely cried like twice quietly to myself. Uh, <laughs> single tear rolling down the cheek. No, it was just really awesome. The only complaint I had was I was like, man, we were really playing it fast and loose with Greek myths. Like so fast and loose. Are we even, is this even Greek mythology? Also Aries. I'm like, dude, you couldn't have made him Greek. You couldn't give him a beard? Like, like you couldn't have when he changed from the dude with like, you couldn't even get rid of the stash and like color his hair darker. Like, he just wasn't, he didn't look Greek. I, or, like, a god of war. He just looked... Like a dude in a cosplay yeah. outfit. Yeah, so I agree with Skylar. Like, it definitely lagged towards the third act when you knew that the stupid fight scene was coming up. That was my only complaint. I was like, DC, seriously, like, honey, you gotta stop with just smashing things. I could use a little more finesse. I'd like it if the be- every movie didn't end with the world on fire behind the main well, character. Yeah, I'm like, seriously, try- just set... Just once, just don't set something on fire and don't leave a smoking crater <laughs> from the fire. The world, the world on fire in the background is DC's answer to Marvel ending every movie with an aerial battle. I just, uh, but, but it was, I was like, yes, finally. Not only is it the first like titled superhero female movie, but it actually was good. Good, good. Anyway, Michael, you can go now. Okay. I was like, it's not the first. It's the first successful. Yeah, but yeah. It's competition is Catwoman, Electra, and Supergirl 1984. Yeah. And it beats out all three combined. Uh, a Sheena the She Devil. wide margin. Is also a film that came out, I think, in 76. Uh, that's based on a comic book character. Um, that stars a woman. But I think those are the only American four. There's a few foreign ones out there. Which is a fantastic four. No, but I'm saying title female only. Yeah, if you want to get into it, it, there's also, I think, a Red Sonia movie and Barbarella. But even if you add those into the mix. Mm. Okay, Okay. there's also G4. Barbarella is based on a comic strip. And Red Sonia, yeah, I think you got something there. She also might be based on a comic strip. Um,. But now that brings up Barb Wire, and she's definitely based Barb on Barb Wire. That was yes. that was the one. Up. Pam anyway, Anderson as Barb Wire. I stand corrected. Yeah, well, but the, no, this, this is the only one anybody will remember. The, well, and this is like Wonder Woman is such an iconic superhero. How like, did I didn't all even... those other characters beat her out. Yeah. Well, she did have a TV movie in the seventies that was awful. Well, like I mean, we could get into a whole thing about like power in the female form but we won't today <laughs> so I'll tell, I'll tell ben that bedtime story before we go to bed tonight so it's my opinion uh power in the female form is uh <laughs> no uh this is uh, i had to keep reminding myself that this movie was based in world war one and not world war two because i was like okay yep Wonder Woman, definitely a World War II character. No superheroes were born out of the World War One era. Well, and honestly, who sets a movie in World War One? Yeah. That well, isn't specifically about 
World War One. Okay, yeah. And I was like, okay, you're not doing that. Why? Because you're going to look a lot like Captain America if you don't change it to World War One. Uh, <laughs> and I loved, I loved, I love Steve Trevor's, uh, Chris Pine's ability to take a back seat in this movie. Um, and it's just like he had just the perfect amount of lines and, uh, the perfect amount of heroism that he didn't, uh, upstage. It, it feels like the DC movies, you get a lot of studio involvement. You get a lot of, you see that with like the pop songs making their ways awkwardly into the movies. The, the jokes that just don't fit the mood of the film. Um, you definitely, like, you can, you think you want to attribute that to studio involvement where it felt like Wonder Woman, it was like, okay, there needs to be a big battle at the end. Okay. But like, do what you want till then. And Patty's like, of course, uh, we're going to get a lot of tough bitches for the beginning of the movie. And then we're going to get a lot of dudes for these parliamentary scenes. Uh, and that's who my extras are going to be. <laughs> Fighters and British guys. <laughs> um, but I loved, I loved the buildup of this film. So many great moments. Six, like of the 18 slow-mo shots, 16 were perfect. Um, two were a little excessive. But I mean, like if you're hitting 16 for 18 on slow-mo shots, you're doing a good job. Uh, the first two acts definitely made up for that bland third act villain garble. He was doing, he was doing fine as like this, this sort of like whispery London gentleman. Um, as like, he's not really the god of war. Like, what if you leaned that way and like you were wrong the whole time and I, I wouldn't have seen that coming. And then they give him the Ares armor and he just becomes a bitch. He just gets freaking wrecked by lightning and love. Um, News, that's the power of love. Yes. I wasn't expecting the God of War to get less intimidating, and then he did, and I was like, oh, I'm a little disappointed. Yeah. I'm a and, little sad. And then, and then they killed Chris Pine. They did not hint that he survived that. We can, ass- oh, no. we can maybe assume that Chris Pine signed on to a multi-deal, but we don't know. No news is broken, and we have no hint that he came back after that plane. And I was like, damn, you're just going to straight up kill Steve Trevor in the first movie. Did not see that coming. All right. Popcorn Ben. Balls. That was very rude, Skylar. <laughs> that was very rude indeed. No, I'm I'm basically going to echo everything everyone else said, that I loved it. It was great. Um, it was nice to see a proper superhero movie rather than just a comic book movie. Because, <laughs> like, the Avengers, like, punching each other. And blowing up New York to stop the giant light in the sky. Like, it's not especially, like, heroic. It's not an Avengers movie unless they mention that there's other Avengers characters. Right. Yeah, and, like, Iron Man and Captain America beating the shit out of each other for half an hour in an aircraft hangar. Like, it doesn't strike me as them being particularly heroic and doing heroic things. And whenever they're like, oh, we gotta save all the civilians, it's secondary to, like, we gotta stop the giant you know we gotta punch the rock out of the sky and it's a problem that we created anyway so yeah that's the thing. like we have to fix our own mistakes but be little b words about it <laughs> whereas this movie like wonder woman is a proper superhero motivated by you know truth and justice and love and saves people because she's like we have to Stop innocent people from dying. Yeah, and yeah. besides the two comically over-the-top villains of Dr. Poison and Ludendorff, um, like, the German soldiers are still kind of humanized towards the end of the film. Yeah. Like, when that plane blows up. Yeah, they're not Nazis yet. Yeah, like, the plane blows up, the German soldiers, they're still kids. Like, yeah. that's what that's what World War One was about, is the Germans started recruiting, like, 17-year-olds 
Uh, that's what All Quiet on the Western Front's about. Um, Which is the only other World War One movie. Uh, War Horse? Yeah, War Horse. Oh. War, war Horse! Because World War One was the last war that they used horses in. Yeah, okay. Dun, 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 dun. So there's two and other... And gas. Uh, before it was outlawed by the Geneva Convention. Yes. Yeah, and then they low-key did it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I just love that scene where she, they're like, that's no man's land. And I was like, bitch, she isn't a, she isn't a man. She's a woman. She crossed that shit. <laughs> well, as soon as they were like, that's no man's land, I was like, is it no woman's land? I so land? wanted then, her to be like, I'm a woman. And, like, yeah. and just leave. And I, I am no man. Yeah. <laughs> Aowen takes off her helmet and <laughs> stabs the Nazgul. <laughs> Ares is actually just Saruman. <laughs> Holy shit, is this a Tolkien film? I... <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh, I wish. I'm. I. But oh, that was just so great. And like, honestly, I loved her. Her armor. Oh, that's good. It was so good. Like the costume was really good. I know there's a lot of talk where people are like, "Oh, they're still scantily clad," and I'm like, "Have you ever been to Greece? That's how they dress. Like that's how Spartans dress. Because mm-hmm. it's hot. It's hot. And like that little skirt. Yeah, gladiators wear that bitch. Like, yeah. look up a. F- she ain't gonna wear a dress. Fucking Google the movie Gladiator. They wore that in the movie Gladiator. What am I? Also, also, go check out the Wonder Woman comics from the 80s and 90s where she just wears a onesie yeah. and come back to me. And so this this wasn't more appropriate. I'm sorry. This this was too much clothing and yet not enough. I don't know what I wanted. I wanted sweatshirt with no pants. Or I don't know. It is a good look. <laughs> At least on me. <laughs> is that all for first opinion, Ben? I also hated the big Zack Snyder boss battle. Yes. But, yeah. like, it was... the start. It it was more grounded than it was in Batman versus Superman, yeah. but it almost has to be. It lasted less. It was time. Yeah, so it, that was, was, it nice. was short, yeah. You're like, okay, this is gonna end soon? Great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Isn't this, like, like the best Superman movie in recent <laughs> memory? <laughs> Wonder Woman is the best Superman movie I've ever seen. You she know why it was she... great? Superman was not anywhere near it. <laughs> Wonder Woman go. is a better Superman than Superman. Well, I just, right I'm, now, I agree. Yeah. I just love it because she's like, oh, you're in my way? Fucking die, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> when she hit that clock tower, I was like, Slammed in that tank. I know. Um, Although, honestly, I, like when she hit the clock tower, I was like, mm, a little excessive. <laughs> a little excessive. Did you have to level that whole thing? Well, you can only imagine, like, when she got up there, she was like, this is not what I intended. <laughs> it's a bit much. <laughs> this was a bit much. I I made a mistake. I see where I went wrong. Man, they really built this shitty, this shitty clock tower shittily. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, production budget of $149 million. So a little bit on the cheap, but, you know, not like a budget blockbuster or anything. They saved a lot um, of money by not doing pants. This is all yeah. There we go. They saved uh, 30% of their money by hiring a large amount of women to only pay 70% of yeah, a man's wage. Yeah. 77%. Oh, they didn't save God. that much. <laughs> that's, that's not oh even a God. real statistic anymore. All right, continue. <laughs> well, whatever they're cost-cutting measures were um it's its returns are far greater because as of this recording it's sitting at 233.8 million dollars in the united states elsewhere in the world you can add another 232.2 million dollars for just a few weeks into its run 466 million dollars that's 
a U.S. hit that's an international hit. That's a it's a fucking hit, man. <laughs> yes, it is a hit, man. It is a hit, man or woman. I don't know. Um, it opened almost $40 million higher than the initial projections for its opening weekend. Uh, started those three days off with $103 million, which is terrific. Uh, it is right now fourth place in the DC extended universe of four, but will certainly surpass, uh, $300 million in the United States. And it will push it, that'll push it past Man of Steel, um, both US and global to be right around the same neck of the woods as Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad, although nowhere near those films as far as quality. No. Uh, uh, right now it is the number three movie in the United States for 2017 probably won't surpass guardians of the galaxy two or beauty and the beast. It is the number eight, uh, worldwide film. It will certainly surpass the boss baby and Kong skull Island by the time this reaches your ear holes. And it will likely push past Logan and perhaps pirates of the Caribbean dead men tell no tales, depending on where that film finally ends its run. Mm, also the yes the most profitable female superhero film ever made uh by a large margin by a very very probably if you put all every single superhero female film together it probably beats them all um catwoman may have made a a fair amount of money i like just because it was in the 2003 era or like same with electra (laughs) just because because, you had halle berry in like a leather yeah Uh, but it, it came it, out in July with Halle Berry, so yes, that might be the thing. Is it also the most uh, profitable female-directed film so far? Oh my goodness, yes, absolutely. Uh, profitable female-directed film, profitable female-directed opening weekend. Yeah, it just—I think the closest thing was uh, first Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm. It beat that by a good twenty twenty-five million opening good. weekend, and continues to. As you know, past it. Yeah, it as it should. We need first to opinions, knock that off the tent. First opinions on... Um, Why are you here? I know what you're going to ask. Don't say it. Fifty Shades. I know. Don't. N- no first opinions. <laughs> uh, moving on. Moving on. Uh, comic books. Here we go. I've got two pages of shit to talk to you about. So I suppose let's get started. Um, feel free to dive into your phones and interject when I say something weird, which is going to be often, uh, because Wonder Woman went through some... All of her characters are weird, man, because they were made by William Marston, uh, William Moulton Marston, who was just kind of a weird guy. Uh, He's a bit touched. Yeah. He had an interesting lifestyle, especially for the 1940s. Uh, so <laughs> Antiope was, let's start with her. Let's start with, uh, oh my gosh, the actress. Robin Wright. Thank you, Robin Wright. Princess Bride. Yes. Wonder Woman number 312, 1984. George Perez. She is the much more war-hungry Amazon than her sister Hippolyta. 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 Okay, I got I got dough. I got both here. What? Hippolyta. Hippolyta. Austin's probably right. I am right. Okay. Did they say Hippolyta in the film? Yes. Okay. And that's how you pronounce it. Like I've I always thought it was Hippolyta. Then I heard someone else say Hippolyta, and I was like, oh, maybe. Uh, anyway, uh, there's a whole deal where Hercules is humiliated by the Amazons in combat, mostly by Hippolyta. Uh, and in order to display no hard feelings, Hippolyta offers him and his men to feast with them. 
Uh, he accepts, but under the influence of Ares and his own rage, because Heracles is kind of a dick, uh, he drugs the Amazons and his men bound them and rape them. Uh, Hippolyta pleads with Athena to free them, who agrees as long as she promises not to seek vengeance, because they were kind of, they were created by the female gods to sort of be the best example of a human, of a, of a person ever. Um, but Hippolyta says, yes, let's do that. And they're freed, and the Amazons sort of forget their promise right away and slaughter all the people except for Heracles, who gets away. Uh, Antiope, let's get back to her, refuses penance for her actions and causes a schism in the Amazons as she leads half of them to pursue the escaped Heracles for fulfilled vengeance. Heracles or Hercules? Heracles is Greek, Hercules is Roman. Ah, there we go. Uh, the whole journey has her marrying uh, Theseus, Theseus, sorry, and uh, betrayed by Theseus's ex-wife. This one I don't know. Ariadne? Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, Theseus. Yeah, that sounds right. The chick that he totally ditched um, when she gave him the magic yarn. Anyway, uh, he was addicted. She makes the maze. Yeah, she. Yeah, well, her dad made the. Someone made the maze. Her. Yeah, her dad made the maze. Um, okay. And then she's like, I kind of know how it works. Here, take this ball of yarn so you know where you're going. And Thessius is like, great, I'll marry you because of this. And then he leaves her on the island. Typical. And you're like, come on, dude. Um, Theseus, Thessius, whatever you want to say. The original ghoster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and I <laughs> love you, babe. See ya. All right. <laughs> no spamos. <laughs> and yeah, and then Antiope is eventually executed by... So let's move on to Hippolyta. All-Star Comics number 8, 1941. William Moulton Marston and H.G. Peter. Why is he called H.G. Peter? Because his first name is Harry. Uh, so Hippolyta is super confusing. Yes, she is considered the mother uh, to Diana and of all the Amazons. Well, the, the, the goddess of the Amazons. She is an extremely talented and cunning warrior. What flip-flops is her peacekeeper attitude and her warmonger attitude. In early renditions, she is a servant of the gods, faithful and wise, always seeking peace, even though that um, leads to her getting manipulated a lot. Uh, example A, uh, listed above. Uh, but in the 90s, she goes through a change. She temporarily elevates a different Amazon Artemis to Wonder Womanhood uh, because she had a vision of Diana's death. Artemis then dies, true to the vision, which plagues Hippolyta into depression and severs her relationships with uh, Diana and the other Amazons upon discovery. Diana ascends to godhood for a while, becoming the goddess of truth. Hippolyta then takes over as Wonder Woman, I guess, jumping between both the 1940s Justice Society and the 1990s Justice League at the time, don't ask. Diana returns to be Wonder Woman again, but Hippolyta does not drop down. Uh, leading to two Wonder Womans for a time. In this period, Hippolyta is much more warrior-esque um, and brash. She dies, saving the world until her reboot in New 52 and, of course, Rebirth. <sighs> Comics, man. It's only going to get worse, friends. It's only going to get worse. Etta Candy. <laughs> uh, Sensation Comics number 2, 1942, William Martin Most. Well, I'm just going to say Mr. Marston and H.G. Peter. Uh, Golden Age was still fresh with ideas. Let's just say that. So the Wonder Woman book is heralded by an Amazonian warrior woman. So naturally, she has a female support character slash sidekick, much as Superman had Jimmy Olsen and Batman had Dick Grayson. At a candy, 
however, was another break from normal form, which Marston is very known for, in that she was a female character drawn as a plus-sized woman, instead of the almost exclusive tight-waisted bosomy ladies of comics, which has been a stereotype pursued for nearly 70 years now. Um, <laughs> uh, almost nearly 80 years now. Sorry, excuse me. And uh, she was proud of her weight, never shying away from um, her near obsession with candy. She had a father named Hard, a mother named Sugar, and a brother named Mint. There were so many different ways that could have gone. Like I was hoping that her brother's name was going to be like Pickle or something. No, Hard Candy, <laughs> Sugar Candy, and Mint Candy. Oh, that's way more clever. No. Pickle candy. <laughs> Candied pickles. I just really want a pickle. <laughs> All right. That's about when the creativity ran out, though. So uh, <laughs> That's when it ran out? Oh, no. <laughs> when Marston left the book in uh, the early 50s, uh, Robert Kaniger took over, and pff, he kind of fucked up the book for a long time. Um, the new writer... <laughs> eliminated Edda's bravado and added insecurities about her weight during the very few instances he did include her in the book. Uh, she didn't come back as a regular until 1980, whereas in 87, she was reimagined again as an Air Force pilot and actually becomes the love interest of Steve Trevor. In the New 52, she was drawn to be African-American, so it goes to show there's no real true character. No. It's like, oh, you deviated from Edda Candy, which... It's like whatever. Candy. Whatever the writers want to do. Yes. Man. Yeah. So. Chameleon. Also, a fictional character. Yes. We can make them look however the fuck we want. <laughs> Pretty much the only thing we can't do is make her male. And even then, you could make an argument. Yeah. That's happening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next up, General Eric Ludendorff is a real person. Wow. Born in 1865. So he was a decorated quartermaster general during his service in World War One. He resigned from the army at the tail end of 1918 and became a vocal proponent for the stab in the back legend, um, which blamed the German army, uh, Marxists, Bolsheviks, and Jews for Germany's horrible settlement in the Treaty of Versailles oh. following the end of World War One, which was, you know, one of the big reasons that led to World War Two. Uh, he wrote multiple books about the war, even in his last stages of life. He also just like proved that he could. Like he's like, I'm still sharp. Read this book about war that I did, and they're like, Damn, this is so good, dude. Way to go, Eric. Um, but also, he wrote a lot about the world's problems can be drawn back to Christianity and uh, Jewish and Freemason conspiracies. He was kind of a conspiracy hound. Someone read a lot of Nietzsche. So yeah, so like. He's very intelligent, but at the same time, maybe, who knows? Maybe a little racist and yeah. anti-Semitic. Yeah, so he despised Hitler after his rise to power. Um, he actually died of liver cancer at the age of 72 in 1937, not stabbed by some crazy bitch with a sword. I was going to say, he uh, <laughs> he had a pretty prolific life after getting impaled. Yeah, so I thought that was very interesting. It chose to use a real character's likeness, um, and then like completely fictionalize him. Like yeah. they even say, "This is they just we just took the name. This is not Ludendorff at all." Dorf, yo. Let's move to Doctor Poison. Sensation also, Comics, not based on a real person. Doctor Poison? No. Oh, whatever. Uh, nineteen forty-two, Marston and Peter. Uh, she was a brilliant chemist in World War Two, who had hid her identity with a mask and bulky clothing. 
so she could be mistaken as a man because you know man's world and i'm a talented scientist and they're like you're not smart you're a woman but haha i am actually a woman all right um anyway uh her first plot involved feeding the u.s army a chemical agent called reverso which would make who's ever taken it to do the exact opposite of what they were told Hmm. And they called it reversal. That's clever. Yes. Eventually, her identity is revealed as Japanese Princess Maru. Oh. uh, Instead of in the movie where she is known as the Spanish uh, Isabella Maru. Uh, Or Isabel, not Isabella. Uh, Before Etta Candy stops her and Wonder Woman takes her to Transformation Island, an Amazonian reform penal colony for female villains. Uh, This does not work as the unreformed... uh, Let's see. The the unreformed revolt as a group called Villainy Incorporated, escaping and causing multiple plots for revenge. In modern continuity, Marina Maru, the granddaughter of uh, Princess Maru, is the new Dr. Poison and is also Russian. So we've come a long way. Have we? <laughs> Next up, Ares slash Mars, Wonder Woman number one, 1942, Marston, and uh, his armored look that we know him for, kind of in the DC Universe, was made famous by George Perez in 87. Uh, his early incarnations, sorry, I can't read right now, had him written as Ares and then later Mars because he literally set up a base on Mars and tried to manipulate Axis leaders in World War II to create a world filled with war and destruction. Ha ha ha, one-dimensional plots of the 40s. Each plot thwarted by Wonder Woman, in 87, like we said, a lot of things, Prez did a lot of cool things with the book in 87. Uh, Ares actually spends uh, time in the mortal world disguised as an arms dealer named Ares Buchanan, subtle, when <laughs> he instigate, where he instigates gang wars by selling them weapons. Eventually, he culminates a plot using Wonder Woman's carcass from the future, reanimating it, calling it genocide, and using it against her. She defeats Genocide, and amidst an all-out assault on Themyscira, Diana splits open Ares' head with an axe. In the New 52, he's redesigned as an ally, and to look like Brian Azzarello, actually, the writer of the New 52 Wonder Woman line. Um, and then in Rebirth, he is a villain again. So, And now he's a scrawny old, dainty British actor from Harry Potter. Yes, that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's Professor Lup- Lupin. Lupin. That threw me uh, off. Loopin, 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 loopin. Constantly, give him a beard or something. I just, well, I'm honest, like, I'm like, really, you couldn't have found literally, like, anybody else to play Ares when he, like, transforms into his armored self? Like, that, that would just have made so much more of an Get impact Marcellus on me. Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> like, have him, he does not look like a bitch. Like, have him fade into, like, I don't know, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> like, you know, like, somebody who looks kind of like that. I don't know, a Greek version of him. Somebody with dark hair and not like a sandy handlebar mustache. I was like, ugh, reminds me of my father. And Richard is like such a mild-mannered man. I am the god of truth, Austin. And I was like, bitch, you're the god of war. Like, don't fucking play me. Don't play a player, son. All right. Two more. All right. Two more and I'll be done. Uh, Steve Trevor, All-Star Comics number 8, 1941, Martian and Peter. Um, Steve is almost exactly how he is in the film, that roguish bravado. Um, the I'm the man attitude until accepting begrudgingly that he is Diana's prince in peril slash gentleman in jeopardy. Secret agent spy, extraordinaire. I talked a bit about him in Gods and Monsters, I think. Although, Skyward was the only one who was there for that. Because he did premiere in that movie. 
Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. It's uh, ever so briefly. If- yeah, an alternate version of him, but really the same as this version. And even his relationship with Wonder Woman was the same in that alternate universe. Last one. Wonder Woman slash Diana. All-Star Comics number 8. 41. Marston Peters. Likeness based on Olivia Byrne, who was Marston and his wife's uh, Elizabeth's co-inhabitant. I'll get to that later. Diana has been a lot of things throughout the ages. Her origin shifts a lot. uh, Born from clay and given life by Aphrodite. Uh, Really... A love affair between uh, Hippolyta and Ares, later Hippolyta and Zeus, barring a near 20-year biff where the character's adventures revolved around getting Steve Trevor to like her. Fuck you, Robert Kaniger. Um Marston created the character to embody everything he wasn't seeing in comics at the time. A strong female character at the front. Wasn't seeing it in comics. Someone whose first instinct is to solve problems without using their fists. And a character that subtly challenges people's conceptions and paradigms of sexual activity. Marston was a very promiscuous man. Man did invent the lie detector, whatever that's called again. Polygraph. Thank you. Um, But yes, he did live with his wife Elizabeth and their co-inhabitant Olivia Byrne where they had a somewhat polygamous relationship um, and were uh, rumored to engage in sexual deviancy. He was very, he was actually pretty open about being into bondage. And in fact, that came about a lot in the book because he wrote it for a long time. And those early books were heavy into bondage and submission. Um, and that's just like a piece of Wonder Woman. And it honestly, that's just how it, like, like, you know, her bracelets, right? Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, her weakness in the early books was she would lose all of her powers if a man was ever to bind her hands. Oh, interesting. She yeah. lost all her powers. If her bracelets ever came off, she would go into an absolute fury rage, an uncontrollable fury rage. So if she's not in submission. What if she got dirt underneath them? Yeah, right? I know. Or like had an itch. Mm. <laughs> like that's upsetting enough. Yes. How does she like... I would clean them. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Sure. Okay. Silver polish. There. Yeah, there okay. you go. Uh, so like, there's a lot of interesting stuff. Like Jill Poor wrote a great book about the secret history of Wonder Woman. I highly recommend it. Um, I read the first two chapters and then I had to do schoolwork, <laughs> and, and I've just never been able to get back into it ever since. Um, but there's just a lot of good stuff about the whole history behind Wonder Woman. And since there's th- a movie coming out about it, uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman, it's Ooh. basically covering everything you just talked about. There you go. Um, so that's it. She has evolved into one of the most prominent characters in the DC universe and really all of comic bookdom, uh, by standing next to like Superman and Batman and never letting a male character define her. Uh, she is one of the most iconic characters that embody feminism and gender equality. Uh, sure, she has been modified throughout the years, but her main themes always remain the same. The whole, I can make the whole world peaceful and loving. You know, all, that's all you have to do is express peace and love. And if anyone takes advantage of how we're trying to make the world peaceful, I'm strong enough to bring out justice and kick their ass. All right. Uh, that's Princess Diana. Her whole world is female-based around Amazons, her power stemming from Greek goddesses. In 2016, she was named UN Ambassador for Empowerment of Women and Girls for two months. 
until a petition of 44,000 revoked that title. Whatever. Women and men alike themselves can see themselves as Wonder Woman. Yeah. She's great. Yes. She's the best. Yes. My new favorite superhero. There you go. She's always been my second favorite. Because you have bad taste. No, because I've always liked (laughs) Superman more, and I don't think that's a crime. Honestly, after seeing this movie, I actually really liked Wonder Woman more, just because I feel like, speaking as a girl, which I am, it's female superheroes, they just play second fiddle a lot. But this movie was really great, because like Michael said, like she stands on her own two feet, and she doesn't let men define her, and but she does it in a very real way that's not... Not like alienating. It's not. It's not like you can't do this. You're a woman. Fuck you, Dad. But yeah, like you know, the first early episodes of Supergirl. Yeah. Uh, are you sure you can do everything Superman can? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in this one, like they they use that vernacular, and because it's of the times, you can't do this because you're a woman. And she's like, well, watch me. Um, she's not understanding the paradigms right. of, of it's it's womanhood. more of like a cultural dissonance yeah. in that moment or like you know where, where if you like did that. that if you did that sort of theme today that wouldn't rub off because nobody like says that out loud yeah nobody nobody's like but you're a girl i get that sometimes at work but that's mostly because my name is austin and people are like wait a second <laughs> hold up this chick has boobs uh but no it was just it was so great to see because i was like man I'm not necessarily just resonating with her just because she's female. Like, this movie wasn't just good because she's a woman, and I'm like, oh, look, I have the same parts. Yeah. It resonated <laughs> because I was like, wow, she's, like, fully fleshed out and, like, a really decent character to get behind. Like, I, she was, like, in the moments when she was being, like, naive or vulnerable or she was filled with rage or, like, anger, I was like, I totally get it. I totally get it. And that was really great to see because just as a girl, you are used to playing second fiddle. And it was nice to not play second fiddle. And it was so cool to see the Amazons kick ass. Oh, uh, they're all so cool. All Those right. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, angsty, brooding, whatever, what have you not from other DC characters in particular. But it was just really refreshing to see a character who is optimistic and, you know, just had this positive outlook throughout. And it was just a nice change of pace. Yeah. All right. Nice. Let's move on to some quick music. Okay. This has been the music section. Let's do science. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Uh, music for Wonder Woman is done by not Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL, but Rupert Gregson Williams, who is also a composer from Hans Zimmer's Remote Control Productions. So if it sounds along those lines, that's why he's mostly doing, or he's mostly known for doing, and I kid you not, Almost all of Adam Sandler's films. So when I saw that this was, um, that he was on this project, I can't say I jumped for joy. This is just not a, a type of project he does very re- very frequently. So I didn't exactly know what to expect. And the final product is pretty fitting for the movie, I would say. Very inspirational. A lot of long tone, big orchestra structure to it and you know fits the uh, action on the screen pretty well and of course goes back to that classic theme that debuted in batman v superman first track on the docket is no man's land uh accompanying what's probably the best uh, superhero introduction scene in recent memory and it backs it up quite nicely let's take a listen 
lot of drums. Definitely remote control productions, because Hans Zimmer was like, oh, let me hear that. Uh, good job, good job, Rupert, yeah. good job. Uh, you need more drums. Can we, is there another way we can fit more drums into this? Like, I see you have about 14 in the background there, but it's just not coming through. No, it's, it's definitely invoking that same blockbuster sound that we hear a lot these days, but with, you know, the better sound design and orchestration that makes it a little more notable than, say, something that, uh, Junkie XL would put out just to throw someone under the bus. Sure. What about uh, another example? Let's get a good sample size here. I, I do. And unfortunately, the soundtrack, for the sake of the show, uh, isn't. Uh, the music isn't written in a way that comes off with a nice 30 second clip, whereas everything else, you know, kind of is a minute or longer. But hey, you get better music for more. Less. Yay. Uh, next track is Wonder Woman's Wrath uh, when she's tracking down Ludendorff, and it features that uh, theme that made such an impression the previous movie and does its job here once again. Y'all ever heard an electric cello? Yeah. That's the thing. That's an electric cello. Bet yeah, you, murder. Bet you all thought it was a guitar. Yeah, right? Which I did. I totally did. Long time. I did I was too. like, ooh, that's a sick I guitar riff. I got get me down to Rhapsody Music, buy a new, like, 18 effects pedals. <laughs> no. They don't have enough space. Yeah, I know. We yeah, it that. wasn't until I watched... Um, a video of Hans Zimmer performing at, I think it was Coachella, where they dipped into this one. It's like, oh, that's not a guitar. Yeah, sweet. Who's the who's what the a, cellist that sampled it? I forget. Tina uh, Uge. Oh, I forget her name. Something like I that. I forget her name. I think it's Tina 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 Gao Turner. Tina Gao. I think it's Tina Gao. Something like that, or Guo. Uh, something close. We'll, we'll go with that one. Uh, next track on the docket is Lightning Strikes from the end of Diana and Ares' big world on fire battle. The world's on fire. How about yours? How about yours? That's the way I like it. Never get bored. You know.
That was the song All Star, right? That's what we just heard. Right. I mean, that's, the, that's down. the remix version. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Inception, where it's like, what, one sixtieth of the speed. <laughs> <laughs> you slow down All Star so much, it becomes this orchestral, beautiful masterpiece. No. All Star, but every four bars, it gets 4% slower. <laughs> <laughs> That's not cool. That still, be- still not as good as the, uh, the All Star, where all of the uh, different parts are doing different tempos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. All-star, but every time there's a cut in the music video, it plays the Wonder Woman theme. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that So lightning several struck, times. Even. And it fills us with emotion because we yes. killed the bad guy. We killed the bad guy with the power of love and lightning. And lightning. Yes. Mostly lightning, yeah. but, you know. Whatever. B-movie movies. Yeah, well, there was no sky beam in this movie, but she did use a sky beam to kill the bad guy. So I was like, you're keeping it consistent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like we can't stray too far from our bases here. All right. Uh, we have one more track. One more track. It's action reaction. And, um, this movie took a cue from the Marvel music playbook in that it kept one of the coolest tracks for the end titles. And I was like, oh man, why isn't this in the actual? story of the film. Oh well, still cool. Still a cool piece of music. Let's take a listen. Loving the seven four grooves. Seven seven four. Or the seven eight. No, this would be seven four. Your mom's a seven four. Hey. Seven foot four. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing your size, I wouldn't be surprised. I come from a very tall family. Yes. None of us is quite that tall. Okay. Well, like I said, I wouldn't have been that too surprised. I have an uncle who's like six ten. I think that's about as tall as we get. Damn. But still. Was he an all star? He was. He did play professional basketball. Whoa! What? For oh. what team? Oh, France. Sure. Well, oh, in France. Oh well, never mind. I thought you meant the NBA. <laughs> I mean the NAACP. Nope, that's the National Association for the Advancement of Colored Persons. What's the sports one? NBA. No, the it's college. NCAA. NCAA. That's it. Duke. National Collegiate Athletic Association. There we go. There you go. There's an N, a C, and two A's. I was pretty close. Yeah, you just had dyslexicized it. I just, I just fucked So it. anyway, that was a pretty solid track. Again, it was like, okay, all right, Ripper, let's see what you got for this last track. Son of a bitch, I told you. More fucking drums. 
If you th- oh. if you if you think you might not have enough, you don't have enough drums. It's like salting your steak. Yeah, just keep pouring it on <laughs> until it is shriveled <laughs> with drums. Um, Hans Zimmer's Remote Control Productions is the salt bay of drums. <laughs> it's like sprinkle it on, and then sprinkle it on, on just all and sexy like wrist thing. It's got to yeah, it's got to hit your elbow. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> we're all associated with drums now because it hit all of our elbows. God damn here it. Here we go. <laughs> All right. There's a weird metaphor here. Uh, any any more music before it gets weirder? Uh, no, I think I'll let this one go. <laughs> Fades away. Fades away. And then floats into Ben's atmosphere. Hello. There he is. We're in his space now. Hello. Ah, is it me you're looking for? Hello. I can see it in your eyes. Hello from the other side. Oh, that one. All right. Whatever. All right. Go sharp with it. That's fine. No, I can't do it. Get your game. No, that's not hello. That's hey now. Different. Hello. All right. Anyway, science. Hey. Talk to me. What about? You want to hear about mustard gas? Sure. Because World War I was all about that chemical warfare until the Geneva Convention. They're like, holy shit, this is a really bad idea. We should stop doing this. Yeah, so let's talk about the plot of the movie. Dr. Poison's evil plan was like, hey, I'm going to take mustard gas and then replace all the sulfur with hydrogen and make it even deadlier. So it crushes people's gas masks. Right, yeah. And so um, sulfur, sulfur, uh, mustard gas, also known as sulfur mustard, is a chemical weapon that was actually used in World War One, and it does basically what it does in the movie in that you breathe it in and then you suffocate because there are blisters on your lungs. Ooh, ooh. So, not good. Not fun. That's your problem. And if you are really into chemical weapons, you're always looking for ways to make them more potent. So maybe you try taking the sulfur because there's one sulfur on your mustard gas molecule. Okay. You can try, you know, Finding a way to take off that sulfur, replace it with something that maybe makes it more reactive, gives it different properties. Like francium. Uh, By then it gets explosive. Well, here's the thing. So think back to your periodic table of elements. Yes. You got everything in a bunch of columns. Sure. And things are put into the columns that they are in based on the fact that they share chemical properties with other elements in that column. I believe so like, you. You have the noble gases. Down the right-hand side. They're so noble. Helium, neon, krypton, those kind of things. Yes. Those are all, they share the chemical property that they don't have any. They don't really react with anything. And similarly, like lithium, sodium, potassium, they all have certain chemical properties in common. So, you could swap out sulfur for something else in that column that sulfur is in and maybe get a chemical that kind of behaves similarly, but different enough that you can use it in a different way. Problem is, hydrogen isn't one of those that shares a lot of properties with sulfur. Okay, so... They, that's what they used, hydrogen? In the movie, they used hydrogen. Yeah, it's very explosive. Which, yeah, it's explosive if it's on its own, but it's, like, in everything. Hydrogen is, like, not really part of the periodic table because it's so unique, it's its own thing. Uh-huh. So, replacing... Sulfur with hydrogen probably would just not really do anything. Make it a gas. It'd just make it weird air. It would It would be weird air. Yeah. It'd just smell weird. They're like, is this poisonous? A little bit. Don't breathe it for like more than 20 minutes. 
But like, you'll be fine. Is wait, is there sulfur in this? No, we took it out and you placed would, it with hydrogen. Yeah, you would. Oh, good. It probably wouldn't even be stable because you wouldn't have the right number of electrons. Oh, it would all just dissipate. It would all just kind of either react with other stuff and make new stuff completely unrelated to mustard gas, or it would just fall apart. Oh well. So la di da. How about how about gas steroids? Uh, methamphetamines. Is that is that can that be inhaled? <laughs> have you ever smoked? No, I thought methamphetamine was injected. You can smoke it. Okay. I don't. I don't do drugs. See, it's We've like got another quiz. You can face. inject nicotine. Okay. Or it can be absorbed through the skin. Like, I'm just wondering how Ben knows so much about that. My dad's a my dad's a judge. Like <laughs> you say a drug. Yeah. My dad's my, a drug. <laughs> he's one big drug. My no my my dad's a judge, so I hear about his drug cases all the time. Okay. Um, but yeah, some you, dude smoked some meth. You you can smoke meth. It's like smoking crack. Didn't wasn't wasn't that a, a World War II project to make soldiers stronger? Yep. Just to make them smoke. A meth? lot of the German high command was probably literally on meth the whole time. Oh my gosh, that's kind of what happened to Ludendorff. So yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, hey, doctor, uh, doctor, po- I'm Doctor Poison. Here's here's I got this thing for you. It's better than the last dose. It'll make you stronger. This is P- this is called PCP. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, woo, man, I'm evil. You'll be and able then to he fight punching people. You'll be able to fight eight cops at once <laughs> while masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> like that's PCP for you. So no, that, that <laughs> masturbating with no so much more. Masturbating with no hands, <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my god, just your mind. <laughs> so anyway, if you if and you want to if, if you want to make something like mustard gas by replacing sulfur with something, you might try oxygen. Oh, oxygen is the in the same periodic column as sulfur is, so it shares a lot of properties. And since it's one row up, it's slightly more reactive. So, so that'll make oxygen gas? It would make... I'm I'm sure this stuff already exists. Which would be, instead of mustard gas, ketchup gas? I guess, yeah. Or a little bit of relish gas. Ooh. How about some of that... Um, Sauerkraut? Some of that horseradish mayo. Horseradish mayo gas? Oh, yeah. That's very reactive. That's my, that's my jam. That's going to give you bad breath. That gas? <coughs> you see? Just thinking right. about it right now. She's just like, thinking about disgusting. just thinking about horseradish. I almost bought a horseradish plant the other day. Well, I'm glad you didn't. All right. Too. Uh, I almost bought a horse. <laughs> <laughs> it took a turn. No, I didn't. Kristen Shaw's a horse. All right. Uh, so that's it. That's that. That's science. Yeah. Methamphetamines, also, mustard gas, good stuff. Please don't make m- mustard gas. Yeah, don't do that. Or meth. Yeah. yeah. I have a fun fact. Yeah, what's your fun fact? Ares is the father of Hippolyta and her sister. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Well, that's all the Greek gods. Yeah, they're all so... They've all, they're all... Uh, they all stuck it in something. Yeah. I mean, Zeus is like, man, oh. that's a pretty looking swan. That's a nice goat. I'm going to be a goat real quick. In <laughs> fact, I'm actually going to be a bear to that goat. It's amazing that Zeus got <laughs> anything done. Like, I mean, seriously. <laughs> he got a lot done. <laughs> He did a lot of things. No, I just thought that I don't know. I was like, oh, the Greek myths. I love Greek myths. That's that so fun. Yeah, and they are very fun. And I don't think Ares could bitch slap eleven other gods if he tried. Well, also, well, and also, here's my question too about the film. So they're like, oh, Ares killed all the other gods, and I'm like, but a demigod is gonna just fucking rock his shit. <laughs> a demi, an sure, untrained demigod. Well, she's sure. pretty trained. But, she is definitely pretty trained. But, but she's not uh, trained to fight a god. She's trained to fight way, mortals. Like, I would have been very happy had they had a good old traditional sword fight. Sure. That would have been 
interesting. Yeah. If or, he, I don't know. <sighs> or if or if or if like the 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 the, the bracelet clang. That was like her secret superpower. Yep. Yeah. And that nobody knew about. Or like what and that she, she really didn't even know about. And then like he accidentally triggers it and it like knocks him back. He's like, ugh, and he's weakened. And then she like flips forward and just stabs him. Oh, instead of stabbing him, she's like uh, about to lay a blow and he's like, you could kill me now. But I'm telling you, your boyfriend up there is about to die in that plane. And then boom, she goes save Chris Pine. Yeah, we, we get his fabulousness in another film. Yeah, and then she like carries him, like you know, yeah. cradles him like a like a, a gentleman in Jeopardy. And he's like, "This makes me really <laughs> uncomfortable." And she's like, "I just saved your life. I think you should say thank you." <laughs> I'm above average. Yeah. <laughs> no that writers. So oh yeah, yeah. And she's just she's like, "Wow, you're really wonderful." Uh, yeah, I'm a pretty above average. And then they land, and it's like movie over. And like, yeah. damn, that was great. Yeah. I I don't know. I would have been like a weird. I guess it would have been a kind of off putting. But the ending was already off putting. So yeah. I guess like to make it cheeky cheesy would have just gone the whole nine yards. I don't know. I was just like, this is a terrible fight scene to end it. Like yeah. the the beginning ones were so great, and all the other ones were really great. Like even the small ones, I was like, still more impressive than this <laughs> nonsense alleyway yeah. scene. Just keep throwing shit at her. I guess that's all real. Yeah, that's have gonna you, work. Have you, have you tried underhanding an airplane? <laughs> you know, just like sidearm, you know. <laughs> just try it. See, see it. How many sheets of metal can I chuck at Wonder Woman before she sheep. can? Like how many? She- <laughs> oh, I'm also oh, the god of shepherding. <laughs> Got to throw the uh, deformed I- poison doctor at her just for good measure. Zeus yeah. and I had a arrangement. He went for the goats. I went for the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> I know the part where he's like he got the, the eagles problem. too, and that was fucked up. I wanted the eagles. Uh, although his whole argument where he's like, it's the humans that do it. I just, you know, I, I, I just don't make them do it. I don't. I just make them do it. Well, I love it. He's like, I just, like, if they use the information I give them. And I'm like, yeah, that's like giving an alcoholic an alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> an ounce, a, a drop of alcohol. Just, I'm, not like, enable, I'm not enabling my friend's drinking problem. I'm just buying him booze. And then, like, <laughs> taping, and then duct taping it to his hand. Like, it's fine. You can't pee until no, you finish like with, your 40. Like, with Dr. Poison, like, I was like, so what if you dropped off this poison formula to, like, you know, a botanist? Yeah. That's just, like, or a what, nice botanist, and they're like, fuck this shit, like, I want this. What, wouldn't it <laughs> prove your point more? If you gave him, like, hey, here's the gas that will, like, you know, save people. Here's medicine for everybody. Cure smallpox. And then they kill each other anyway. That would prove your point even more. I don't know. I was just like, I can't take you and your mustache seriously. Those first two acts are so solid that it saved how not so good the third act was. It made me forget that the third act wasn't good. Cause you just try and you just try and block that. Well, out. You just think of you just think of the no man's land scene, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, that was some good shit. Or like, oh man, when she's when she walks into that party with the dress. Oh yeah. And then and then they do the back shot, and you see she's got a sword behind her. I literally said out loud in the theater, "Well, that's subtle." Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I was like, "That's some chafing down there, uh, baby." Well, and also I was like, where "Swords you- don't retract. Like, where the fuck do you think that is? That's like in your butt." Like, yeah. How are you holding that up so it's not sliding up and down and causing like also, cuts on your ass? That was the moment where I was like, the general is not Aries because there's no way he doesn't look at her and be like, I wonder if that's an Amazon <laughs> in her Greek I know draped gr- gown of 1916. 
I was like, the fashion is all wrong. Oh. Color is great, but the well, fashion's wrong. We'll end tonight with a fun little theater story I have. Um, this is a good one. Um, so, uh, as you can tell, the, 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 the recounts of theaters are always the best during these, <laughs> these high profile films because the, the, the fanboys come out, the people who, who don't, like, theater etiquette goes out the window for opening night. <laughs> yeah. The people who do not leave the house leave the house. <laughs> yes, exactly. And like, don't the, want them to leave the like house. Like, the second week the movie comes out, all the normal people are going to the theater, you know? But that first week, it's just like, it's, you, you could get some characters. So, my story is, um, we have to go to this theater that has very limited seating because they replaced everything with recliners. So there's only like 30 seats. All right. So you got to order everything online now. Otherwise, you, like, you can't go up to the ticket booth and expect to have even two seats next to each other. Uh-uh. Um, it's, it's just not going to happen. But, well, I mean, with this, since it was like the first or second week I saw this, um, since I saw Wonder Woman. Um, so I bought three tickets online. Bloop, bloop, me and my friends, we're good to go, all set. We get to the front counter, you know, and I'm standing behind this dude, and this dude and his daughter are looking at the thing that shows all the available seats. And there's, <clears throat> he's trying to sit next to his daughter, of course, um, and there's one seat on the far end of the theater, and now they're on the other end of the theater. And he's like, oh, man, shoot, like everybody bought online, dang it. And I'm, <clears throat> you know, just sitting back there like, ah, oh, damn, it's alright, dude. Um, but then there's two seats up at the very back. All right, there's two seats right next to each other in the very back. And he's like, oh, I'll take those. And the the counter lady's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't sell those to you right now. Those are for handicapped people. Those are handicap reserved spots. You or, know, for people who are handicapped. Like they're wheelchair accessible. Wheelchair accessible, thing, yeah. yes. Yeah. So with those, the show starts at 7.20. So at 7.20, I can sell you those tickets, but I'm required by law to reserve them for people with handicaps Right. Or with wheelchairs until that time. And he, he, he does, oh God, this is gold. Cause there's like five people in line and it's 715 or like it's 710. It might have, it was actually 705. I remember this exactly. Cause there was still 15 minutes till showtime. And he looks down the line and he goes, I don't see anybody in a wheelchair in the line. <laughs> like, if that's gonna get you the ticket, and I'm like, sir, the re- like the reason they hold them is because you know it takes people in wheelchairs a little bit longer to get places. Like, I don't want to. So I was like, burst your bubble. It's like, dude, your daughter's right there. Don't say dumb shit like that. That's rude. I don't see anybody in a wheelchair in line. It's weird. I didn't see a prick walk into the movie theater, and yet, sir, here we fucking it's not, are. It's not often you see a horse with two rear ends. <laughs> <laughs> so sir this is not the type of handicap that you are yeah so yeah so 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 he tries to ask again he's like i want those two seats and at this like the counter lady's baffled because she just explained this as politely as she possibly yeah. could and as plainly as she possibly could why she couldn't give them those two seats for the next 15 minutes um and she's like i'm gonna call my manager and just double check that all right um, you know, I'm gonna bring, pass the buck. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that is. Uh, and the manager didn't pick up, and I'm like, ooh, sucks. Uh, oh, that does suck. <laughs> uh, so she's like, well, I mean, to my knowledge, those like that is the law, and I can't sell this to you until 7:20. And at that point, the movie's not gonna start till 7:50, bro. Like, you'll be fine if you just wait it out. Also, dude, buy the two tickets. Go in there, seven twenty. Nobody's in those seats. Go fucking sit in the seats. <laughs> that too. 
That's also an option. Um, but uh, he's like, I guess I'll wait here then. And then he just takes one step back. Like, it's not like you go to, like, the edge of the line and you're like, honey, we need to stay in here for ten minutes, okay? And then we'll get our seats, all right? Yeah. It's, just a, it's just a thing we're doing today. He just takes one step back, so everybody still has to walk in front of him to, like, get their phones checked sure. for their online tickets that we prepared for. Uh-huh, like and, adults. And, but, like, he's, like, breathing down our neck as we're doing this. <laughs> and he's like, everybody's on the line. He's pissed. And it's just like, you know what? What a perfect asshole. I am upset because I did not take advantage of this technology that is free and available to everyone. (laughs) How dare I? Oh, my God. How dare these people? So that's my theater story. And I think we'll end it on that today because we're very over time. But this is a good movie and it's a good solid episode. We had a good theater story for this Yes, Um, But we'll tell you guys. Okay. Uh, Looks like that'll wrap it up today. Super fans, Super Movie Studies is recorded. And it's a production that I edit. Yeah. It, we, it, it gets produced. Yes. It gets produced and then it gets posted onto the internet, primarily iTunes, where you can drop a review and a rating and be sure to subscribe if you aren't already, if you like what you hear. You can also find us wherever you get your usual podcasts. Um, also do your, your Twitter duty. Uh, Twitter Tom is there. You can reach him and the rest of us at Super M Studies. Last week was so fun. We oh sent God. in pictures of dogs, and they I, were adorable. I, you could do that again. Like, Just do the dogs. No, do do your dogs' pictures with like Wonder Woman tiaras from Snapchat because that would be can amazing. You do that? Can is there a Wonder? Everyone's is there a tiara filter? There's not a Let's Wonder see. Woman one. There's a Transformers one. Let's see what that oh, does. Boo, fuck that. No, 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 no. I don't care. Is there anything that's like a it's like a tiara? Even I don't know. My phone just died. Flower crown. I'm at zero percent <sighs> battery. That's not good. Anyway, damn it. All right. Uh, I mean, you can you can always just send us pictures of your dogs. That's awesome. Send us pictures of yourself or cats, selfies, or You're or married. send us some dank Wonder Woman memes or some just memes. Do any kind of. I meme. am not familiar with Wonder Woman memes. If you can give me something that like is hilariously commenting about some shit that happened in the '77 Wonder Woman show. Send us that, because I bet there were some ridiculous stunts and effects in that TV show. 70s Wonder Woman memes. 70s Wonder Woman memes? Or any Wonder Woman meme whatsoever. Even the failed 2011 pilot starring Adrian Palicki. Hmm. Padalicki? Palicki. Palicki. Anyone? And anyone? Anyway. Yeah. One of one away? Uh, that'll do it today. <laughs> do you like that rap? What a concept. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I could use a little fuel myself, and we could all... Use a little change. <coughs> hey, now. Goodbye. Uh, I'm your host, Michael Maurer. James Keller Hutzma. And I'm Ben. And Austin. Anderson. No! Say it together! I was tried really hard, what, but what? Ben's not great with meaningful glances. I was not even looking at you. I'm looking at Michael. He's... <gasps> you weren't looking at me. I was there. giving you the motion to say it together. I don't know what this means. No, because like, we, we talked about this. This is football. Uh, hands. This is me dropping the line at the same time for both of you because I'm pointing at both of you okay, and dropping all right, my all hands. Alright. Right. Well, James Keller Houtsma. The years start coming and they don't stop coming. It's over. It's over. It's over. You, coming, you fucking ruined it. Here's a Wonder Woman song about some shit. I don't know. Could be worse. You could have married him. Oh, I feel like I have. <laughs> no. You lay Awake at night and scheme of all the
the things that you would change, but it was just a dream. Your spirit never dies